Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. November 23rd, 2020. Hello. Drinking espresso. A mystical vision, and wearing a glove full of Vaseline. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a daily show. Or, mostly daily. Except for when it isn't. It is about things, most of which are, awesome. Despite being barely edited and sometimes offensive, it could be the second best podcast ever. Hello. Good day, ma'am. Well, I'm old again. You're old. You've always been old. Look yeah. at you. Look at you. That's true. Yeah, I always have had a thing for old women, so you should feel <laughs> loved despite what's going on. That was all creepy. I I'm disturbed. I don't support that message, and I refuse to run for Congress. Good. On both accounts. Yes. Hello. Here we are, though. Well, here we are. It is November 23rd. It is your favorite day of the week, as I recall. It is. Monday. Love a Monday. Perfect. One of us needs to love it, and you do, so that lets me off the hook. Thank Good. You. you are welcome. Well, today is the 48th annual World Hello Day. We celebrate it every day when we say hello to one another. We do, and as I walk up and down the street, pretending like I'm inebriated, yelling, Hello! <laughs> Just to mess with people. Oh, uh, yep. It's what I do. Typically, somewhere between 10.30 and 11 o'clock is when I go do that every morning. Every morning. It's part of my regime. Yes. Anyone can participate in World Hello Day. You do so simply by greeting 10 people. That seems a little excessive. 10's a lot these days, especially when we live in a quarantine. Especially in quarantine. I'm yeah. going to go ahead and lower the number okay. and say that we'll make sure that your celebration is honored if you do two. Okay. That's Does that seem fair? very reasonable for okay. a quarantine year. And it could include just a wave through the window at the mailman. Oh. I have no problem with that. Okay. That makes it even easier. Yeah. Okay. So this is ultimately a celebration of the importance of personal communication for preserving peace. It is observed by 180, over 180 countries. The holiday began in 1973. 
in response to the conflict between Egypt and Israel. I guess those poor people never said hello to each other, hence they had a conflict. So this is how we resolve it. I mean, this is interesting. It is, it's, it's the importance of personal communication for preserving peace. I feel like this holiday kind of throws the people of Egypt and Israel under the bus. Like if y'all could have no. just said yeah. freaking hello to each just other. say hello, you stubborn Middle Easterners. <laughs> it's unnecessary. It's yeah. unnecessary. Let's take it down a few notches. Mm-hmm. Um, among those who both realize the value of and celebrate World Hello Day are th- no less than 31 winners of the Nobel Peace Prize. So, join in or don't. It's up to you. It's up to you. Whatever makes you feel peaceful in your personal communications. Yes, if you have somewhere in your heritage, either Egyptian or Israelite ancestry, you say whatever you want or nothing at all, especially you. Especially, yeah, yeah, especially you. Since the celebration is more of a jab (laughs) in your side. Yes. Unkind. Uh Uh-huh. All right. All right. You pick us up a little bit. Okay. This is a very, very special Monday, Mm -hmm. indeed, because Mm -hmm. it is today, November 23rd, a celebration of that thick, bold, Italian, rich brew pressed out and made pronto for its consumer. It is, in fact, National Espresso Day. Perfect. Now, if you... Hello! (laughs) I was saying that to the espresso. Oh, good. Okay. If you put an X in espresso, if you say espresso, I am sad to inform you we can't be friends. The coffee police will be there shortly. And the coffee police is me. Yes. (laughs) Now, espresso, believe it or not, you will believe this, uh, is not a specific bean or even a roast level. Right. Espresso is rather a brewing method. The method is when you force pressurized hot water through finely ground coffee to create a concentrated coffee and that is often then topped with a delicate foam called the crema the crema yes which is different than the kremlin it it is different and i'm thankful that you clarified that that's good personal communication that can preserve peace so you could save a lot of trouble that's right don't drink the kremlin don't do it that's right now the crema should be thin and foamy with a golden brown, sometimes even slightly reddish color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has a sweet flavor because the crema does contain the espresso's concentrated sugars and oils. You don't think of the coffee in its natural state as having a sugar sweet flavor to it, but it right. does. It does, it does. And that really does come through in the foam that you get there. Let's let's pause before you go on. I know there's plenty more that you are going to share. But let's visit for a moment the other two methodologies of brewing that would use the same bean and grind that espresso does. There may be more than two, but the two of which I'm aware would be Turkish coffee. Yes, that's right. And mocha pot. Yes. How would you identify the differences? Well, the mocha pot, similar to an espresso machine is going to use pressurized water. Much lower pressure. Yes. But yes, it's not forced through so much as it's scienced through. (laughs) 
Is that the technical term? That's what I would call it, for lack the, of a the better... The physics of the situation force the water up into the ground. Yes. Yes. Um, now, a Turkish preparation of coffee... Well, to back up, does the mocha pot have a crema? I think so. Not much. Not much. Not like, not a, not, much. Not like pulling a shot from an espresso machine. Right. No. But if you look at the very end of brewing, mm -hmm. or actually, when the coffee starts coming out of the stem inside mm -hmm. the mocha pot, if you look, you will see some crema also okay. in there. Would, would you not, though, agree that it mostly dissipates by the time it's reached your cup? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Now, Turkish coffee does not involve pressurized right. water. It is much more almost primitive in yes. its preparation. So remind me how that works. I can't so remember. that's literally like a... It's like a, a can on a stick yeah. is the most primitive version. And, and the grounds are down in there with the water. There is no separation whatsoever. And you you roughly dance temperature-wise right around the boiling point. So you're once you get there, you're on and off the heat, actually letting it foam up, pulling it off the heat, back on. Okay, yeah. Um, but it does create... I would, I would argue... The grandest of cremas. Okay. Now that comes with a pretty muddy cup of coffee. Yes. But the crema that comes off that is incredible. It's it's worth just sipping the crema and leaving the rest behind if I, you're so inclined. I remember, I recall that from our experimentation mm -hmm. with Turkish coffee. So both all three of those preparations require an espresso grind mm -hmm. of which the is beans, powder. which is very very fine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. Um, the middle layer of the um, espresso is typically typically caramel brown in color. The bottom, known as the heart, is deep brown in tone. Now, that does contain the bitterness mm -hmm. of the espresso. It provides a balance to the sweetness of the crema. Now, though there is not a universal standard, someone insists that the perfect espresso comes from the balance of the four M's. Are you ready? Um, Megan? Meg, Maggie, and Marguerite. Marguerite. Got it. Done. Are you all ready for me to mangle the Italian language? Buckle Please. up, everyone. I, this is part of the reason I was so <laughs> eager for you to take this one. The four M's for the perfect espresso shot are the Moxina Ziani. Oh, man, that was perfect. bad. Perfect. Hate it. Which is the correct grinding of the coffee bean. Then there's the machina, that's the espresso machine itself. Mm -hmm. The miscala, misella. One of the two. The coffee blend and mono, the skilled hand of the person making the coffee. Now, I would like to interject myself into the narrative here. Yes, do. As you may or may not know, I was a barista at Starbucks. Yes, barista, barista. <laughs> Many years ago. And, of course, that meant I worked at the espresso bar. And Starbucks, for all of its big chain presence, its ubiquitous presence, the fact that it's just, it's Starbucks, it's uniform, wherever you go into the Starbucks, they pride themselves on and insist on a quality espresso shot to be pulled. Okay. And when I very first started working there, it was so stressful to me. The, the amount of time that the... Uh, the actual espresso is coming out of the spouts. 
there's a timer on the bar and you have to pull shots there within a time range. I cannot remember now a number of seconds. Mm -hmm. And if that shot either pulls too quickly or it takes too long, you have to pour it out and start over. Is Which, there an angry non-Italian person there screaming in a faux accent that you have, you've ruined it. You've gone too long and they, they just pretty much berate you. Yes. And they're called customers. Oh, okay. I was going to say pulling a perfect shot is not stressful when you're just playing around at the bar and you're just messing around. But when you work the opening shift as I did, and you have a line of customers who want their espresso drinks, lattes, cappuccinos, macchiatos, and they're waiting on the newbie at the bar to pull perfect right. shots, it gets a little tense. My um, time. I'm going to offer you some, some life wisdom. This is for everyone. Okay. This is a, a multi-professional retort. Okay. Doesn't matter what business you're in. Yeah. You can always offer this back to a belligerent person okay. to say, oh, I know you believe what you just said is true and that's cute, but you're wrong. Okay. Yeah. Try it. I, yes, I will the next time. You don't want to try it now for the people? <laughs> no. Isn't that cute? I know you believe what you just said. That's <laughs> precious, but you're wrong. <laughs> next. Um, one time it got so stressful that I started crying while I was trying oh, to make drinks. No, you should have you should have said my line. I know. I didn't know the line. Remember, I was, what, early 20s. But I had, you knew me, and I'm unchanging. That's true that I could hear you saying I that. I am the eternal this. jerk. <laughs> but my manager later pulled me aside and said, never forget, it's just coffee. It's just coffee. Yeah. And that person believes what they said, but they're not right. It's cute, <laughs> but they're wrong. That's right. Okay, so it was originally Luigi Becerra, Becerra. Becerra. You have to do the hand. Becerra. Yeah. To whom we owe respect. It was he who discovered that adding steam pressure to the process produced a stronger, more robust cup of coffee. And his driving goal was to speed up the process of making good coffee. And in Italian, espresso literally means fast. Yes. So Becerra sold the rights of his invention to Desiderio Pavoni. Pavoni. You got to do the hand. Pavoni. Pavoni. It does help you pronounce it. Yeah. Who both patented the process and marketed the hell out of it so that it grew in popularity. Yes. In the 1940s, Achille Gaggia improved the technology, creating a piston-based espresso machine that further improved the taste by eliminating the burnt flavor and giving espresso a thicker consistency. So whether you want to give credit to one or all three of those good Italians, have an espresso today to celebrate. You could just have a straight up, you could do a cappuccino, which is mostly espresso with a little mm -hmm. extra foam on top. An Americano, which is a shot of espresso inside of a coffee. Yes, that's right. Um, go with a, a latte, go to your local Starbucks and get yeah. one of their flavored seasonal lattes. It's still espresso at the base. With every sip, you can yell, hello, and you can celebrate both holidays in one. Two birds, one stone, as we like to say around here. Perfect. I don't think we ever say that around here, but I'm gonna let it slide. 1654. This one's interesting to me. Yeah, it is. French mathematician and scientist, Blaise Pascal, anybody who has had any involvement in the computer sciences will recognize the name Pascal. It is the name of a programming language that I think even to date, even though it is now out of date, that everybody's required to travel that path. Okay. Uh, at least learning about him, if not 
in fact, programming a little bit in that language, which he didn't write. It was named in honor of him. Mm. Anyway, in 1654, he experienced an intense mystical Uh vision that marked him for life. Uh Uh-oh. He was home alone, which is when all the mayhem occurs, right? As we know from everybody's favorite Christmas movie. Uh Um, The sun was set. It was all dark. He was most likely preparing for bed. When suddenly, it's around 10.30 p.m., something supernatural happened. He had a mystical experience that lasted for a full two hours. At its completion, he grabbed a pen and paper. He was so moved by whatever it was that he had seen. He grabbed a pen and paper, and he just began to write everything that was swirling through his mind, and even still so moved by that that he then took that paper that he'd written on, and he sewed it to the inside of his jacket to be with him always. Kept it with him the rest of his life, though this itself was not discovered until after his death. Hmm. You're curious, aren't you? I'm super curious. Well, if you want to know exactly what he wrote after this vision that so changed his life, you will have to look it up. Well, notably, he's Catholic. Catholics are prone to those divisions. There's actually a whole lot of interesting commentary around um, other other writers, uh, other other voices of their time, pointing to that there is in fact more than one conversion in a person's lifetime. Yes, that Pascal had undergone a first conversion, if not maybe even a second, but that this was yet another conversion point in his life, and he was deeply committed after this, even though uh, his writings were not in retort to anybody who challenged the faith, that he is his works are now viewed as, as masterpieces of apologetics, which is ah. just simply conversation about belief with someone who either doesn't know or who might wish to push back a little bit. All right. This is fascinating. Yeah. I never knew this. I always and only equated the name Pascal with math and science. Well, if you learned about him, you learned about him in the midst of Protestant land. Nobody would have bothered to bring that up. Yes, or just secular school learning, school book learning, reading and arithmetic. 1897, J.L. Love patents the pencil sharpener. Hmm. So when your child leaves pencil shavings all over the table, floor, wherever. Mm -hmm. You may now accurately declare for the love of JL Love. Yes, yep. Because that would be accurate. It is accurate, and now you know why. All right, I'm going to take one more, and then I'm going to cut you loose a little bit. Okay. 1921. Yes. President Warren G. Harding. You don't hear a lot about Harding. You don't. I mean, there's schools and universities named after him and whatnot. But it's it's not, you know, he doesn't have the fame of Lincoln or Washington or Kennedy, Kennedy or Nixon, mm-hmm. you know, positive or negative. But you would think that he would after you hear this. Okay. Because it was in 1921 that he signed the Willis Campbell Act, also known as the Anti-Beer Bill, that forbade doctors from prescribing beer or liquor for medicinal purposes. Well, Harding, I yeah. don't like that. And you shouldn't because it's garbage. <laughs> it's garbage. If you think, here's the here's the shining 
nugget of encouragement in all of this. Yes. If you think whoever our next president will end up being mm-hmm. might be a bad choice, well, rest easy knowing that they've got a lot of work to do to be worse than Harding. And we have, after all, survived Harding. So there you go. But we had to do it sober. <laughs> or at least... And, but even harder, right? Yes. Harding, harder. I don't know. There's something to be found there. I don't have the strength. You know, it's interesting because genuinely it's alcohol-based uh, beverage, mm-hmm. what, you know, in different preparations has been used for centuries for a variety Granddad's of, old cough medicine. Well, yes. I mean, even going back further than that, literally centuries of humanity have used some kind of fermented, mm-hmm. what, you know, would be an alcoholic preparation of something to treat various ailments. Ailments, gut, yeah, respiratory, upper yeah. or lower, all the things. But then along comes Harding and says no more. Yeah, ruined it. Ruined it. Shame on you, sir. Shame on you. Sir, sir, shame on you. Okay, if I may. Yes, please. Save Uh, me from myself. 1937, John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men premieres in New York City. First initial publishing of it. Of course, this is where we get so many great lines and understandings of the characters of George and Lenny. Yeah. Did you read this in school? Yes. Okay. I feel like this is one of the few novels that just like almost everybody has read. We even watched the terrible, I feel like it was even a black and white. It was a black and white for sure. Movie of it. There's an yeah. updated version with with Gary Sinise. Well, I don't know why I can't say his name. Interesting. Gary Sinise playing uh, Lenny. Lenny. That, yeah. That would, really, Lenny instead of George. Wait, who's which one was the... Um, Compromised one. Lenny was compromised. Okay, then it's, uh, he plays George. That that seems right. In yeah. fact, like it was written for him. Yeah, he's really fantastic. And I don't know what year it came out, but it was at least by the early 2000s because I used it in teaching when I would talk of mice and men. Anyway, of course, you know that you can get yourself a little mouse. You can feed him and pet him and, and call him George. Yes. I think Gary Sinise is... Deeply under-celebrated. He's way underrated. Yeah. He's a fantastic actor. What is the matter with me? Fantastic actor? Fantastic actor man thing. Fantastic actor. Yes. Yes. Okay. He's been in some bad movies, but that wasn't his fault. Right. He was just getting paid. That's right. I don't fault him for that. I don't either. I would never. 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 1947, Washington Redskin Sammy Baugh, slinging Sammy Baugh. That's right. That's right. I did it. I just pulled that out of my, out of the nether. Right out of your mind nethers. Yes. Uh, He passes for six touchdowns. Now, Sammy was an All-American collegiate player in both 1935 and 1936, leading TCU, our beloved Texas Christian University, to two bowl games the Two wins. wins. Two, Two wins, wins. in yeah. bowl games. One against LSU in the Sugar Bowl, and another to win the first annual Cotton Bowl Classic. Mm-hmm. He is considered by many to be the greatest overall football player of all time, which would make him the golf pat instead of just goat. Yes, as the, of as the words go. Yeah. Football player. Greatest overall football player oh. <laughs> of all time, rather than just greatest of all time. <laughs> Who was the legendary TCU coach? Was he coaching at the time that Sammy Baugh was there? Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, remember, and Dutch- you say Dutch Meyer was yes. the when we arrived there. 
which was oh. Patterson's first year. Okay. He was, Dutchmeyer was the legendary coach of TCU, though at this point, Gary Patterson, who was a first-year head coach when we arrived, he has now surpassed all of Dutchmeyer's records, I believe. Who said, fight him till hell freezes over and then, and then fight, fight him on eyes? That was Dutchmeyer. Okay. That was Dutchmeyer. But he wasn't the Sammy Boyer. I do not know. Okay. I do not know. I Someone. should know because right as you enter, and, and this is probably true of a lot of universities, but right as you enter into the main reception area of the facility, it is also the trophy place uh -huh. where all the things are. And there was, honestly, there was more square footage of historic trophy stuff than... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. That, that made up, that, that was equal rather to at least 75% of the rest of the upstairs office facilities was just the trophy cases. Right. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of Sammy Baugh stuff. There was Dutch Meyer stuff. For the life of me, I can't remember whose, there was a Heisman Trophy there and I can't remember whose it was. I thought it was Sammy Baugh's, but quick reading, I don't think Baugh ever reached higher than fourth place in a year's uh voting for that award. So I don't know. I can't remember whose that was. Well, regardless, Sammy Baugh. He's somewhere, a big deal. Somewhere a loyal TCU Horned Frog is mm -hmm. screaming at their phone. Well, have at it. Scream all you want. We'll just have a cappuccino and say hello or a espresso and say hello. One of the two. Something. Yeah. Okay. Or something different. We'll see. Um, 1963. For our friends across the pond, certainly you as well as any science fiction fan anywhere in the world would recognize that for the first time, the BBC shows the British science fiction television program, Doctor Who. It since then became the longest running science fiction television show in the world. Yep. I feel like it's been through multiple iterations oh, yes. as well. So the original series was its own thing. Right. But there have been remakes and movies and additional other series and reboots. stuff. Yeah. Many reboots of the series. And people who are fans of Doctor Who are like huge Doctor They're They're called Whovians. Are they really? I yes. did not know this. They're, I guess I'm not one. It's a huge community of very, very enthusiastic fans for Doctor Who. And the way I understand it, we've never watched it. We tried. I've watched a little. We we tried to get into it. We didn't yeah. make it far. But 
the way I understand it is in the modern iteration of Doctor Who, they change out the actor who plays the Doctor every yes. few years. Much and like so, 007. Yes. And so you have your favorite Doctor and your favorite Doctor's companion, things I don't understand, but people have big feelings about it. This is This is perhaps one of the beauties of what the British bring yes. to things is when they find a good series, oh, yeah. they don't run it into the ground with the same actors. They keep it alive. Keep they it rotate fresh. it through yeah. and it, it becomes epic. Very. Now, they don't have as, they don't uh, maybe pursue as many different things. So they don't have as many of these surprise hits, right? but they do a good job of really fully embracing the ones that land. Agreed. Okay. What uh, can you, what's, when you think of Doctor Who, what's one thing that comes to mind? The telephone booth? Yes, it has a specific name. I do not know. A TARDIS. Oh yeah, TARDIS. Yes. T-A-R-D-I-S. Yes. And it's, I think, I could be wrong, I'm, it's been a while, I'm thinking, it's blue, because it's specifically, it's not just a phone booth to call your buddy, it is, I think, specifically designed for calling the police. Oh. The international color of police being blue. Okay. I hope you're right on I, that. I, there's some kind of there's some kind of tie-in there. It's a it's a police-related thing. Somebody can inform us in the Facebook group. Maybe. If you are wrong, don't they will not stop it informing us. No, they I will know. Burn our show to the ground. Don't I know? I have stood by with fire extinguisher more than once. <laughs> okay, 1979, Pink Floyd's "The Wall" is released. Guess what? It sells. Six million copies in two weeks. Further reminding us all, you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. Can't have any pudding oh, can't if you have don't any. eat your meat. See, I've never listened How to can that. you? There's like a whole series of lines related to that about, it's like a parent scolding a child. Ah, okay. How can you expect to have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? Okay. It's a big deal. Eat your meat. People. I, I could go for some pudding right now. Uh, well, did you eat your meat? I did. Okay, then pudding it shall be. Delicious steak at lunch today. Yes, we did. It's so good. 1992, which is the most current we will be in this list for today. The 10 millionth cellular phone is sold. It may or may not have been to a drug dealer. We do not know. There's a chainsaw in the background, so that's exciting. Yep, this is all still happening. At least that's our neighbors, not our yard crew anymore. That's working true, on this. true. Um, I am like in such a question mark about 10 million cell phones sold in, by 1992. Yep. That, I mean, I guess if I think about it, that was just a few short years before we were in college. And by the time we graduated college, even college students were starting to get cell phones. So. In a small number. I'm just saying In starting. In a small number. Yes. Well, 92, I mean, don't don't jump too far too fast. Technology runs really quickly in a few years is a huge difference. That's true. In 1992, I was driving, mm -hmm. and I don't think I yet had, because later I did have, by 94, I had a car phone. Oh, look yeah. who's fancy. More for the prestige than anything. I, I believe it I paid... like $10 a minute to Well, I paid, I paid 30 to $35 a month. This is a long time ago, right? Yeah. 30 to $35 a month for 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. Of time. Yes. So did you ever allow yourself to use it? Yes, I did. And on a few occasions went over and the, the price for the minutes you hadn't prepaid for was astronomical. Mm -hmm. um, I had a friend who was 
running a, a business very, I say that very loosely, he was running a business, he was driving a lot and used the phone to try to conduct business as he traveled. And I can remember, again, this is 30 freaking years ago. Um, yeah, close. I can remember him having a six or $700 phone bill more than once. And it was not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Ate into the profits in a magnificent way. I'm <laughs> sure that's right. I remember when my parents first got internet access in their home. Okay. But that's so, not a phone. It's not a phone, but I'm just to il illustrate the price yeah, point yeah, difference yeah. in what we have available to us today. I remember like in the first month or two, they had no concept of like how all of the charges would work. Yeah. And my As brother and sister, the, I was in college at this point, but my brother and sister were using it quite a bit. And they had like a $400 home phone Ooh. bill. And there was a big come apart over yep. that. I can only imagine. Yeah. Did you, did you guys ever have a bag phone? We didn't. Uh, my friend Jamie, the, my high school, one of my high school best friends, her dad had one. Mm -hmm. And when she would drive up and down the road from our hometown to Norman, she could take the bag phone. That was, that's my first exposure to a, a mobile phone of some kind. Um, and it was a similar deal. It was, it was a new technology in an era of ongoing parent distrust of children. Yeah. And so when I would be going out, they'd send me with the bag phone so that if they got concerned for any reason, which they, they being my mom usually found one, I could get a call. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was not a small bag. No, no. It was a very heavy, yes. sizable bag of phone. Bag of phone. Yes, that's yeah. right. Well, I think it's time. To? Whirl. Yeah, let's do it. Let's watch Read, Listen, and Lifestyle. You didn't pause enough. I'll let it slide this time. Get your game going. Get it fixed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what What have you been watching well, I know you think this is weird, and maybe it I is. I do, I do, but I'm not judging. I just think it's weird. It's my own weirdness. I love a very specific subset of ASMR videos on YouTube. They're they're called ASMR. I'm just gonna be a little technical with you guys. They're not actually like ASMR. True ASMR videos are created to activate a specific nerve mm -hmm. that makes you feel like you've got the tinglies. A lot of people experience it at the back of their neck or on their scalp. Some people experience it running down their arms. For me, it is my lower right leg. Is it really? No, I completely oh, made that up. Oh man, I, I thought you were finally admitting that you have ASMR. No, I didn't watch it. Okay, well, different people neurologically are triggered by different things that activate the ASMR response. And so there's a lot of videos that utilize these triggers, whether it's some, for some people, it's the sound of chewing, which drives me bananas. But other people like for me, before ASMR and before YouTube existed, I got super ASMR response from um, watching people get haircuts, okay, which is still very soothing to me. So a lot of people not only enjoy the tingly feeling from their ASMR response being activated, but they find it to be very soothing, very relaxing. So this corner of YouTube has taken the concept of ASMR and created what are known as ASMR rooms, okay? okay. They're not actual rooms, they're computer-generated graphics 
that are inspired by something and then they, so they use a lot of different, they pull in different audio pieces and music a lot of the time to create a feeling and ambiance okay. inspired by that. So I am super into literary inspired ASMR rooms. Um, I like the ones that are inspired by Hogwarts. So you might find like a Ravenclaw common room. Okay. Um, ASMR video. Um, you might find... Is that where a bunch of people sit around poking needles into a Harry Potter doll? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so in the Ravenclaw common room, you might hear intermittent sounds of like wind swirling around because Ravenclaw is in one of the towers at Hogwarts. You'll recall that, right? With your sense of Potter's knowledge. My... Yes. <laughs> um, you'll hear often like a crackling fire. You'll, again, some of them have music, some don't. You'll hear the sound of footsteps coming through the room. You hear the sound of pages turning. And it just, again, it creates, it evokes an atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So there's the Potterverse ones. There's one from Lord of the Rings. Um, gosh, any kind of like literary epic that you can think of and probably lesser known literary pieces. And again, to me, this is not the tingle ex inspiring ASMR experience, but it is soothing, relaxing, um, okay. good background noise. I have a line of questions that you will not like. Okay. Are you prepared? Certainly. So you're identifying, you're celebrating even, that there are things visually and audibly mm -hmm. that create a tingle feeling in yeah. the neck or arms or things, and you approve of this message. Yes. Okay. Now there are, and I'm not saying I approve or disapprove of anything. <laughs> Where are we going? I'm this? just going to say... This is not, it is not wholly different than fetishes. Oh, yeah, I know. And people who would look at pictures of someone else's feet, and they would feel a tingly thing, but not in their neck. <laughs> and you are against that. You are like, no, that's horrible. No, How, what's the difference? I have tried to be very, I, I will admit, on a personal level, and on almost like on a moral level, I was mm -hmm. shocked and appalled when I discovered the foot fetishist community situation that there are people like, for example, that have their whole Instagram account is just posting pictures of their feet and then fetishist people that enjoy that will DM them and pay them money for those pictures to be sent to them. Now on the one hand, it's a brilliant business model. It's a okay? brilliant business model. Um, but I was, I don't consider myself to be approved by any means, but when I discovered this was a thing, I was, concerned. Mm -hmm. Also, we discovered by sheer accident the wedgie-inspired yep. fetish community. Yep. Via Evidently, that's a thing. Um, where, where was I going with this? Okay. I don't know. You're backpedaling so fast, I can't tell where I'm, you're going. I'm trying not to judge what brings <laughs> other people pleasure. Okay. And I will say this. The ASMR, to me, ASMR creators have to walk a fine line. A lot of people from what I can understand from these videos who watch ASMR videos are men and they do, there is a sexual connection to that, to what the ASMR person is creating. Okay. They do derive a sexual stimulation from it, but it doesn't have to be, and it's not exclusively created for that. And I don't okay. think the literary ASMR rooms do that, but Hey, who, who am I knows? to judge? Who you knows? Everybody do You wouldn't have thought feet were a thing. I, that's true. If feet can be, literature can be. Yeah. I, I would say that's correct. In fact, some might argue that literature only existed as a means of conveying 
<laughs> stories that people weren't living out themselves that they wished they were. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what's poetry if it wasn't written for romance and for wooing? Well, absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, I just thought it just struck me because you really, you really like and, and get fired up about this. It's, I mean, you're just moving from one anatomical Response. center of excitement <laughs> to another. I mean, that's fair. You're not wrong. I can't argue with that. I've never thought about it that yeah. way. But so there we go. Go listen to your literature and have some tingles somewhere. <laughs> That's one thing I've been watching. I don't even really watch as much as I will just turn it on as background noise, especially when I'm working. I find yeah, it yeah. very comforting. So I, I do that. Uh, I haven't done it in a while, but I went through a very focused phase where I would do that with ocean sounds. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It isn't so much that it brings me excitement is that it brings me peace yeah exactly that's what i'm talking about here um you could also additionally go watch doctor who yes pick a season pick There's a time period plenty. pick a doctor um go watch that gary sinise version of mice and men you won't be sorry well, you yeah. will be sad but you won't be sorry that you watched it well maybe you will maybe you won't okay no judgment no judges what to read well of mice and men mm -hmm. for sure um, if you're interested in Pascal's vision or in any of the story around it, it is an interesting read. It really is. Um, whether you agree, disagree, any of that's besides the point. Yep. Beside, besides, which is it? Beside the point. Beside the point. Mm -hmm. It's next to the point. Yep. That's right. Okay. Prepositions and such. Prepositions are awesome. Okay. If you want to listen to something, what? Um, you. What, how did you learn about prepositions? presentation prepositions in in grade school and junior high how did i learn about them yeah what do are there any things that stick out i have a thing that sticks out to me is it's, why i asked anything you can do around the log around a log because we learned anything you can do to a log to a log <laughs> which brings up some things that may not be prepositions and might fit asmr or some other weirdity of tingly formatting uh-huh exactly that's how, that's how we learned it so around the log, on top of the log, beneath Over, the log. under, on, yes. all the things, yeah. Okay. But if sorry, you to, sorry. I just, I derailed you. It's okay. If you want to listen to something, what can you listen to? Well, certainly you could go dig up Pink Floyd's The Wall. You could. That's a thing, and you can hear all about pudding and whether or not you deserve it at this point. Right. And speaking of the 70s, you know, at the top of the show, I was noting that you once again have... Uh, reference my oldness by calling me ma'am. It's not an old reference. I know. Why so sensitive? I'm, I'm just teasing you, but truly I have embraced the fact that I am a very middle-aged person in the sense that when you drive my van, you'll, if you turn on the radio, you'll often leave it on our local oldies station. Yes. Yes. K-O-M-A. Coma. K-O-M-A, the coma. So fitting. They have, yes, they've been playing oldies since we were kids. And in that time period, they really felt like oldies. They were. They caught up to us. Though. Yeah, they caught up to us. Um, so last at the end of last week, I was driving my van and you had left it on KOMA and I did not change the channel because yeah. it was just song after song that I yeah. knew and loved. And there was the Bangles and Tiffany and 
oh gosh, I can't even remember. Uh, there's some that actually were from the 70s era, mm -hmm. but a lot of them were from the 80s and 90s. Yes, they're increasingly more from the 90s, yeah. like that's old or something. Well, they know their target. They know their demographic yeah. and how much people of a certain age enjoy listening to their 90s music on the radio. Who is the epic DJ of KOMA that you know the oh, name of? I knew you were going to ask me this and I cannot remember his name. Ronnie K. Ronnie K, of course. Yes. I, Ronnie K has got to be in his 70s, if not older at this point. Yeah. When I was, so, so my little hometown, um, alumni celebration every year, which coincides with graduation, it is a week-long event. It is bigger than New Year's, Christmas, everything else combined. Yeah. It is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And it culminates with a dance, actually more than one. Um, but there's, there's always, of the many that exist, there's the one that's the biggest. Mm -hmm. And that dance, historically, I haven't been back since my senior year because I'm a bad classmate or because other things, but I haven't been back. But at that one that I went to, the, it was always, it, at that time it was always, you had a live DJ. There was, there was no expense spared yeah. for the experience. And the live DJ was Ronnie Kay and he was not young then. Right. And they were playing, you know, Whip It and all the songs that were, oldies because that was the that was the library they had to work from but yep. they weren't oldies to the other people there right i would assume he could still dj one today and play today's versions of oldies and i would feel like i were freshly graduating again mm -hmm. exactly but i embrace i embrace the middle-aged oldness of it yeah it's yeah very enjoyable he said i was listening the other day, and he said something really racy for him. I was both appalled and impressed at the same time. Nice. Like, My go. word, Ronnie. Way to go, Ronnie K. All right, lifestyle. Lifestyle. Well, in honor of mice and men, I think we should all wear a glove full of Vaseline to keep it soft for our significant other. <laughs> Good. It's great. <laughs> um, if you don't know what that means, you need to read the book. Yeah, Kyle's not being intentionally. No. Well, I mean, maybe a little intentionally. Well, I'm dirty, just but... celebrating someone else's dirty. It's in the book. Yeah. Okay, we went by our local, one of our local liquor shops the other day and wandered over into their wine room, which is vast. And by wonder... She means we took a dead sprint from the door to the wine section. Yeah. Knocked over three old people. It was ugly, but we got there. We did have to move some old people out of the way. Um, I was going to pick up an Italian Barbera. Barbera? Not sure how you say it. Again, I am not good at Italian. Yeah. And I had it in my hand, but one of the clerks who works there, this is a really great liquor store in the yeah. sense that they uh, will often just give recommendations as they're stocking things. Apparently, tasting and experiencing product is a big part of the culture at this yes, liquor store. Yes. Um, so she, the Italian section is right next to the Spanish section, and she pulled a wine off and said, this is a really good one. She recommended it. And I was like, okay. So I put the Italian back. I grabbed the Spanish bottle. It's from a winery called Oliveras Bodegas. The wine itself is called Altos de la Joya. And their whole thing is un... Um, Unchartered grapes? That doesn't sound right. It's possible. Basically, they just kind of like let the grapes grow naturally. And okay. they, they use the grapes that are um, specific to that region that have always been there. 
Um, and so it's like grapes in boxer shorts. They just kind of go where they will. Exactly. That's what it's like. It makes for a great bottle of wine. If you are looking for one, and this is a, again, a Spanish one, I would, it was under $15 at our liquor store. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely, some people would call it a budget buy, but it's good, which it's means delicious. it's a value buy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another lifestyle I wanted to make mention of, I am wearing today for our six to eight YouTube viewers, you'll see, I am wearing the Harold's silk sweater, turtleneck sweater that I bought before our children were born. Outside of a few moth bites, it, it still looks pretty good. How dare you? Well, I mean, let's be honest. It's old. But I love this. There's nothing really significant about it other than the fact that it feels great to wear. That's significant enough. Yeah. And I love it so much. And I'm so thankful I've hung on to it for all of these years. So there's that. Okay. Well, to wrap it up, then you should drink espresso or any coffee type thing or drink tea. Any hot fluid. Hey, drink hot water if you want a good bowel movement, as my... <laughs> Older relatives used to tell me, um, but have that and tell as many people as you can hello in the process and you've wrapped up the whole day. You've won the day. You've won the day. All right. In the meantime, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. According to the makers of Vaseline, petroleum jelly can be valuable for any number of maladies. You should not, however, ever eat or insert petroleum jelly. Take that warning and do with it. Whatever you will. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.